0: Hi, welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. This is your host, Patrick Keen. Uh, this is absurd. We're, this is episode 72. There, I, we've got so much to cover, yet we're still not going to make it to 30 minutes. Uh, I still got to call John Lanius back from freaking two weeks ago. Welcome. I'm Patrick Keen, your host on this show. Never have I needed a substitute, although we're close because I'm out of things to talk about. I got to have another one ready by next week. Um, sleepiest 30 minutes in show business, guys. Keen on Things podcast is I'm your host. Barely scraping by here. No way we're making it to thirty um, today, which is what I say every episode for the first five minutes. It's funny where I line up with America and Americans. By the way, I, I can't believe this thing's gone this far. We're we're, we're at a we're at a year with fifty two episodes, and then some twenty episodes without that a couple extra weeks months. So we're like, uh, you know, 14, 16 months with this episode. I do enjoy doing it. Jesus. Um, so again, I'm going to start off again. It's funny and weird where I line up with America and Americans on preference and such things. Because it isn't often. I'll be honest. It doesn't happen where I'm in alignment with most of America. My political, economic mindset, my global, religious, uh, you know, mindset. Issues of existence, conventionality, tradition, nationalism. I don't care much for where most Americans fall into that stuff. But when it comes to football, we are in alignment. Baseball, too, in a way. But football, for sure. And I don't know if there's something right with me or wrong with me on that. Um, And I, I bring this up because I went to opening night of the high school football season last Friday night. And it was a huge thrill. And it does something to you. And I don't know if it's just me, if it's my background, if it's being uh, from this country, Um, but it is a huge thrill. I understand a lot of Europeans, English, whatever, don't like baseball, American baseball. Um, I get it. I was raised here. I was raised on it. I get it. I love it. I get why I don't love it. I don't know how it is for football. I love soccer. Okay. But, um... Let's talk about opening night high school football season after the last year and a half that we've had. And it's many things, right? It's my old high school that I helped start and was there with the beginning with my family. So there's that element, and which is just you feel so, uh, I don't know, proud, involved, stuff like that. It was the first home game after a year and a half. So it was a home game. We kicked the season off with the home game with against the local school who was kind of also a a home game for them. Uh, It's the first game at a revamped stadium that they've put 50 million into a junior college near my house, which it's just state of the art. It's the beginning of autumn, even though it was 95 degrees. Uh, Although it's cooled down this, this past weekend, a little bit, we're back hot today. doesn't matter. (coughs) I always thought school started after Labor Day, by the way. Weather's just all over the place now. Different schools, different things, right? Schools in in Arizona starting early August. Uh, And I think they should have like January and February off to let the kids play outside more. Because that's really their summer. Because they don't get a summer. All right. Um, High school football is better than college and pro in a few areas. In a few areas. Obviously, the level of play is not. The immediacy of your community. It's, you know, it's amazing. It's unparalleled. You live in that neighborhood, right? Your family lives in that neighborhood. The game is at a place that for every other night of the year, other than those few Friday nights, is unoccupied, save for some soccer or lacrosse games that are generally played in the daytime. Okay, it's the only time those lights are coming on. We play at a junior college, so we share with this school, uh, and it's very exciting. I've never even seen that school play at that stadium. The junior college i've been to a ton of games that our high school plays so the end zones have different colors the different mascot um than our high school so that's interesting too until we make it to the playoffs or championship games or stuff like that um you know in the high school level you know pretty much everyone on the field you know you're in class with them uh you've seen them at school over the years you're friends with them uh you've played little league with them church playground been to their houses for gatherings swam in their pool same parks uh, maybe you walk to the game from your home, you know, whatever. It's familiar. There's that familiarity for high school sports. The local paper, which really isn't a thing anymore, um, but it was, and it was a blast. Uh, okay. College football is better for partying. You know, you get to be somewhere away from your home. Uh, pretty fun. Sometimes people who weren't sports fans in high school get into a good school, get into their college team a little bit more. And they're like, oh, okay, I can see, you know. They grow into it. They prefer maybe being on their own as opposed to at home. You know, their friends are going. Uh, if it's a smaller town you're going to college in, the entire town is into it as opposed to if your high school or college is in a big city. Um, you know, I wanted to get into Notre Dame really bad as a kid, kind of glad now that i didn't um which is a different topic but i remember people getting in that weren't really into sports at all and i'm like what I, you know i can name the last you know four heisman trophy winners from notre dame or national champion you know why is this person going with their 4.4 4 gpa and i don't get to go with my 3.0 gpa uh and then they became eventually football fans or sports fans and it's like oh Now they're sports fans. So, um, anyway, okay. So you have that in college. Pro football is better for maybe gambling, living in a city, uh, really seeing football at its best in terms of players who went to Bama, Wisconsin, Jacksonville State, Fresno State, Central Florida, whatever, right? The big tens, the smaller SEC, Ohio Valley, you know, whatever Penn State Mish, um, and you have players that uh, are the best and had to endure. Whether they were at a small school, they had to endure being passed over, and they really had to excel to stand out and get looked at. Or they were at a big school, and they dealt with all that pressure of being in a big game every week, of constantly being in the spotlight. So that's that's two different sets of challenges there. They landed you know, on the same pro roster, right? And it's fun, and it's Sundays. you know, It's a fixed... Your autumn and early winter your sundays uh, it's fixed on football i can't believe football is coming up again okay um you see the best and the hungriest in the nfl and it's a nine to ten billion dollar industry all right so all those things you know is what you feel when you go when i go to see a uh, football game the fascinating podcast by the way this is unbelievable if you're not asleep by now then then go see a doctor because this is doing, I'm getting texts. People are calling in right now donating money to this cause. Um, football is bigger than other sports for me because I played it the longest. My dad coached it. I was never on his football team, only one of his baseball teams in Toledo. Um, the guy, my dad coached all three big sports, for Christ's sake. He was in his early to mid-20s doing all three, probably late teens. I guess anything you got out of the house, I don't know. But he was coaching baseball, football, basketball. What a lunatic, man. Like, take a season off, bro. Um, So that influence, even though, again, he never really coached me, just one season of baseball. Coached my brother a little bit in flag football and a year in baseball, my sister in softball, maybe in basketball, I don't know. Uh, So you have all that, and you have family and relatives. That all combined with being from the Ohio-Michigan area, the border. All right? Football is bigger in Ohio than Michigan. But it's still, it's the Midwest, right? Ohio and western Pennsylvania, Texas would have to be the old school sweet spots for football. Now with population, I'd think Southern California, Texas, Florida, just so many athletes uh, playing year-round, unbelievable speed, just amazing. I can't imagine Georgia is too far behind. Georgia seems pretty great in, in football and baseball. You know, I mean grade school kids in some of those areas texas oklahoma bama maybe ohio they know the plays and playbook of their future high school these kids in texas when they're in junior high they, they want to play at that high school on that team they know the formations even if it's a different coach they just know the culture it, it, i've never seen it before um we have the athletes we don't have the football love in southern california like texas does but we definitely have the athletes Florida is probably somewhere between Texas and California. Michigan is probably more basketball and hockey. Michigan has farms and Detroit. That's it. It's like one or the other, kind of. There's little, there's little places in between, but it, it, it's got farms and it's got Detroit. Toledo, had Toledo been in Michigan, it would have been the second biggest city in michigan but instead they got the upper peninsula and really (laughs) that's probably way better um ohio has more like football communities towns townships stuff like that and then it's closer pennsylvania western pennsylvania and then you get down to kentucky indiana is more basketball just fascinating here i was born in toledo we moved around a ton we lived just across the border in michigan temperance michigan It's so weird, but I always preferred Michigan. I identified with Michigan. More space, the pro teams were there, Detroit, University of Michigan was in Ann Arbor. That was close, okay? Columbus, Ohio State was three hours away. Uh, Michigan had lakes and summer vacations. Um, In my limited scope of identity, you know, identifying, uh, I guess I identify more as a Michigander than Ohioan. Um, you know. I identified more. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, the Buckeyes are three hours away. Sorry, I'm reading this Wolverines 45 minutes, right? Notre Dame was an hour and a half. And since that was Catholic, it kind of trumped all Notre Dame. And that campus is just absurd. So I went back and forth as a little youth between Michigan and Indy. And then we moved to SC or I'm sorry, I moved to Southern California. My dad attends USC grad school and then I include USC into the mix. So I kind of have these teams that I like. You know, growing up, we meet all these SC peeps from junior high through high school. We go there every weekend in junior high. Um, my dad befriends Marf Mernovich. We train with him. We work out with him. <coughs> so now I'm split between like three or four teams. Okay. And then I go to Carroll College in Helena, Montana, who would whip all their asses. So it doesn't even matter. Um so yeah anyway so identifying is so interesting right identifying you meet mixed race kids all the time who lean heavily one way you know a friend of mine from san francisco light-skinned black guy but was brought up rough in the bay area and is very much black you know his mom is fair-skinned redhead but he is he's a black guy man i mean he claims that he is that uh so so anyway so southern california kids never understood nor did they need to how big football was in the Midwest, and in the South, right? I mean, there's one Super Bowl by the Raiders when they were here. It was like their first or second year, and nothing since. Nothing since. The Rams won theirs. and They were in one. They've been in two since they've been in L.A. They lost both. Um, they were in two or three when they were in St. Louis, two, I think. And they, they won one. Uh, so in Southern California, it's all about USC. And when when SC is good, right? When SC isn't good, there are seats you can get. You can find a seat when they're when they're not good. When Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Bama aren't good, Florida, you still can't get tickets. Like they 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 pack it. Um being from back there. You see games where people go off and they like it's like they go off and they, and they stay off. What I mean is they, they continue to be freakish fans. All right so uh, they'll watch a game a second time. These people, Oklahoma fans, Notre Dame fans, uh, Bama fans, they'll you know LSU, Clemson, they'll watch a game a second time later that day later that night the next morning. I did that a couple times in high school. Their week is determined by if their team wins. I mean, I would imagine that's soccer in a lot of countries, right? Freak out. Um, I, myself, love the pageantry of football more than any other sport. You know what I'm saying? We're halfway through, so, yeah. I love the pageantry of football more than any other sport. The uniforms, um, and the more traditional, the better. The gladiator outfits. It just doesn't get any better, you know. I, I I and I like the traditional stuff. Anything USFL, I'm like, what an eyesore, you know. The XFL stuff like that, I'm like, eh. They try to overdo it. Or movies about football, whether it was Batman or whether it was uh, any given Sunday, they just overdo the uniforms, and it's just it it doesn't do it, man. Um, football, you can't really see faces, which is good. The announcers are amazing historically. Um, how the teams represent the cities, like they re- when a city and a, and a when a team in a city really I don't know match up. It's pretty impressive. The '70s Steelers that they represented that city well. Uh, the Raiders of Oakland '70s same time period early '80s. I don't know if they represented Oakland as much. Maybe. Maybe Oakland seems kind of like a nice East Bay. I mean, not West Oakland's brutal, right? Um, I used to barred in there, (coughs) but for the most part, Oakland, you know, it was like, it was Bay area. There was a lot of ships sailing. Um, There were some nice places. So I don't, I don't know if they represented the area. Maybe, maybe, but those seventies Raiders, I mean, that team had so many personalities. There's just no way. Those games of the Steelers, man, those were war. Um, The Cowboys, Dallas, definitely represent the characteristics. (laughs) Like sophisticated, um, high-flying, showy, you know, glitz. That's the Cowboys. Bears of 85, my God, man. They were gritty. McMahon probably wasn't the greatest quarterback that, that went through there because they went through a ton of quarterbacks during that time. But he could handle Ditka, and he represented the city, and he was tough, man. He was gritty as hell. And I saw him last year in an event. That guy will still take you down. He's not afraid. Um, so they were at Green Bay. They, they always do a good job of uh, representing this. Baltimore of the 50s. John Unitas. Forget about it. The Dolphins seem kind of different. Flighty Beach City. Nightlife represented by a tough disciplinarian coach and a tough guy team. Hmm. That seemed kind of out of place. Still fun as hell to watch the Hogs of D.C. That was fun in the eighties. Offensive line—they were called the Hogs. So those are all the big ones. The Giants with Parcells—that was there was always something special, right? He just—I think he was a very New Jersey guy. Um, but for me, the big three, three to four, for some reason, are Pittsburgh. The Raiders, wherever they play, it's the Raiders. It's not necessarily the Oakland Raiders anymore. They've been in three different markets. Cowboys, Bears. Even though the Bears have only won once, that's they're very symbolic of the city. Um, God, those are teams that personify the city. You know, It's one thing Chicagoans can all agree on when they're arguing over to sacks and cubs is the Bears. Um, Ed and Steve Sable, NFL Films. Really, the pageantry they brought to the game. The coverage, the clothes of the fans. I mean, in the sixties and seventies, you see the fans in their clothes, the hairstyle, they're a little they don't weigh as much because they're not addicted to sugar like our generations are. So they're smaller, they look more like human beings. Nowadays they'd be like, Why is everybody why is your whole generation obese? You know, looking at us. I can't stand myself in the mirror, but I never could. Anyway, um, Ed and Steve Sable, NFL Films, John Facenda right just describing anything the keen on things podcast has been out for a year and a half there's 71 episodes maybe 72 uh harry callis was amazing philadelphia guy i think those voices were amazing right so football always had me hook line and sinker i used to prefer i preferred college ball for a long time they were hungrier the the college experience the kids the schools Then I went to pro because college got a little boring for me with all the conference shifting and the college overtime and the bowl mess. I think they do a pretty good job now, as good a job as can be done. There's so much going on. I'd like to see some parody, but someone's got to knock off Alabama, right? My buddy Rick, big Alabama fan, says it's a no-brainer that whenever Saban steps down, Dabo Sweeney, who went to Alabama, will be right in there. He will replace him as coach. He played for that team that beat the Hurricanes in the early 90s in the Sugar Bowl, which was unreal. That was a Gene Stallings Alabama team. They were amazing. They upset like one of the top teams. They upset a Heisman Trophy winner top, and they slaughtered him. They could have won by more. That was amazing. Um, uh, Miami was trying to repeat his national titles. They had the Heisman Trophy quarterback, and they just got pounded. Um, okay, football. Let's talk about the bad points. Um, okay, we got about 10 minutes left um concussions right concussions neck injuries spinal injuries scary probably more common than we hear about horrifying i'm gonna sneeze i don't know if i'd let my kid play football you know all those kids i have at 48 if i had sons and they were built for it and into it then yes So built for it and into it. They'd have to be. They'd have to be full bore. Because football, I grew up with kids who went along with it. I think nowadays you have to be into it. Even though practices aren't as hard as they were when we were kids, depending on the program. I don't think you could just go along with it nowadays. It seems like there's more self-motivation out there. Kids are more aware earlier. I think because we thought once we got into college and then a job, we were set, we, we thought linearly. Now kids have to step up earlier in life in a way. I'm definitely from a generation that just endured, went through the motions a lot of times, didn't talk back. We didn't have to serve in the military, but still just kind of didn't know that we could quit, especially in my football program. I didn't know we could quit. I didn't know it was an option. Maybe it was our group of dads. And maybe it was the pendulum swing back from the late 60s and 70s, back to the mid to late 80s, and early 90s, where it was like, okay, we're back on listening and abiding by the establishment right because coaches were a lot harder on kids in the high school level back when back then than they are now at least from what I've seen I've been to several schools now where music is playing during practice and I'm blown away it is a lot more casual a lot less hitting whatever still impressive athletes out there knocking the hell out of each other every Friday night um Build that neck up and tackle it right way, man. Don't drop that head, guys, if you're playing football. If you're a high school football player, college player, pro, and you're listening to this podcast, which I'm sure you are. Um, end of the day, football makes so much money. NFL is a 9 to $10 billion business, and it keeps males occupied. More lives are probably saved because football is on TV. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look at violence numbers that night after they've lost money or their team lost on Sunday nights in the fall. But if it keeps males occupied, that's pretty much the main objective of pretty much everything, right? Keep men on the couch watching the TV. Keep men in the bars watching TV. My buddy Steve from Orange County, his mom raised four boys on her own. She, at one point, when they were like getting into high school, she just bought a pool table. To keep them home. Knew when they were going to drink or whatever. She's like, at least they'll drink here. I just, It's the only way. I, I, I'm i on my own. I'm a mom. Four boys. She's like, at least the pool table will keep them here. People can come here. Less drinking and driving. God, that's such a horrifying thing, drinking and driving. Um, I mean, in comedy, we talk about, like, did the show go well? Did it not go well? Who cares? Did anybody rape or Murder during your show no they didn't they needed a good job you kept people off the streets they were in a room for an hour and they went home tired or drunk hopefully out laughed all laughed out maybe it's a low bar i don't know maybe that's what we're dealing with sometimes it's just a low bar getting people through i'll tell you i substitute taught in south central and east la um and which by the way i was getting called right away like, hey, can you come in? I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I can't believe I'm getting all this work this fast. Yeah, it's South Central and East L.A. junior high schools. Plenty of opportunities to sub. Teachers are calling sick every day. Scared, disenfranchised. Uh, you know, it's endless. I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting all these calls. Same schools. You want you want the same schools so you have that familiarity. You can call kids out and it's not your first day every day. My, You talk about a low bar. One of my first days. I don't know if it was my first or one of my first Um I go in and go through the whole class, what is it, six periods, whatever, six, seven periods, you sub for five, maybe you have one or two off, and then they find you sometimes to fill in somewhere else, and I was like, we're not getting through the lesson plan on any of these, and I go at the end of the day, and I was just like, "Um," and I'm concerned, so I'm like, oh my God, the the, the real teacher's going to be so upset which I have a great sub joke, by the way. I subbed and I was like, I wanted to, I, I like the idea of being a substitute teacher because I always like the idea of something come, someone coming to you with a problem and you're able to say, oh, let's just worry about it tomorrow. It's like, but you're not going to be here. I know. I can't wait. Um, so we go through, I'm subbing. We don't get through the lesson plan in any of the six classes. I go to the administrator at the end of the day to clock out, give her my card, get my ticket, whatever. And i'm like oh man the teacher's gonna be pissed i don't think i finished anything and i said to the lady she had had glasses on but she was looking up at me through her glasses not up she was above above her glasses her eyeballs retinas i said you know I, i don't think i got through the lesson plan in any of those classes you know and she's like lesson plan lesson plan she's like did anybody shoot anyone I was like, "No, what?" She's like, "Yeah, see you next time." It was so funny. She, they, they were not concerned about. She's like, "Lesson." She and she kind of walked away, like, "Huh, oh, listen, this guy talking about lesson plans." And that was the bar. That was the bar. So that that was uh, a great eye opener as to what the expectations were. Um, so anyway, so maybe that's what football is. It keeps men <laughs> occupied, which is a good thing. Uh, I just feel like football does so much more harm than good. And I know a lot of footballers and after their career have eating disorders, drinking problems, weight issues, pain problems, but, uh, it's a great sport that I continue to watch and it probably goes against a lot of, I don't know what I'm evolving into as an adult. Um, I always like football as a player cause you could hide a little bit, you know, helmet, the uniform. There's a ton of players on the field, basketball, a lot less. You can't really hide wrestling. There's no hiding at all. You're out there for the world to see. Um, Colors and uniforms for football and baseball are so vital. Basketball too, but we see more of the player in basketball, more of their faces and body. Um, I never really got into fights when I was growing up, and I wasn't afraid of them so much because you could get knocked around. You got knocked around in football. What's the difference if you get hit in a fight? You'll be like, oh, my God, I'm not even phased. The only reason I didn't get into fights a lot growing up because I was like, I'm going to see these people again at school. I was like, and then it'll be weird and awkward, and I'll just have to make up with them. What am I going to hold a grudge? You know, it's just like, it's just easier, you know. Um, I guess if it's a one-on-one fight, then you can be embarrassed, so you don't want to do that, maybe. I'll tell you, if you're not afraid of embarrassment in this life, you'll go far. Sports, fighting, comedy, business, suggestions. If you're okay with looking silly, my brother has a friend named Kevin, man. This guy still looks silly he's a father of four and he just stumbles forward and fails forward he doesn't even care it's unbelievable you know it, it, you know he, he'll be at a picture at the White House you know and it's like wait how'd you get like what I see basketball players all the time afraid to get posterized so they don't go for the charge or whatever um and they back off on the defensive side of the ball because they're embarrassed they don't want to like mm Rodman was great. He didn't care about that at all. He was like, "Yeah, I'll be embarrassed, and then I'll also get twenty rebounds this game." Don't be afraid of embarrassment. Phoning it in is embarrassment. All right. Um, and then we'll talk about basketball here, and uh, we'll be done. I think with the ho- with the whole podcast. Like this is really- basketball is interesting to me because I think it's the most of all DNA dependent sports. <clears throat> You know, the height thing separates it from every other sport. You can be seven feet tall, and you're going to get looked at. Okay? A football player is not going to get looked at because he's 6'6", six, six, 300 pounds. He's got to have skills. But you can be seven seven two, and they'll still, you know, the project, they call them, to, to draft somebody or to give someone a scholarship, and they call him a project. They're a project player, meaning their project will work on them, they'll be great. Um, <coughs> You will get a scholarship and possibly a pro contract over an amazing six-footer. There are exceptions, but this is this is the case, right? You can draft a project. You can kind of, you know, do that with football earlier on. But if they don't have it together by senior year, usually of high school, it ain't happening. You can't walk on a football field in college, unless you're Christian Koya, of course, who might have been the only one to do that, and be like, oh, what's this? And start tossing around and really fit in. Jan Michael Vincent from the Disneyland movie, not the Gus movie, but the other one where he was an Olympian from Africa, even though he's a white guy. Oh, Jesus. Um, He could walk on and do things. So with basketball, you have a sport where people are playing it into the the late stages who might not want to be. I feel like every other sport weeds people out that don't want to be there, except maybe sumo wrestling. Like you're biologically predisposed for basketball and sumo. It's like yeah, I'm 7 foot 2 and I was never coordinated, but a college gave me a scholarship. I was okay. Didn't play much, then I got drafted. I barely played in the pros, 10-year career, then retired. You're really not going to see that in any other sport. Even with a backup QB, he at least achieved something in college to get him there. You know. I think a guy in basketball can land on a pro roster without necessarily being great especially in the old days. Now there's more kids, it's more competitive. We have European, Eastern, European, South American, Asian players, a little more competitive. So you have to come correct a little bit more. But as a result of players being hired on on height, there there may be players that don't necessarily want to be there. They're there because of height. Yeah, they told me I should get into basketball, I'm getting the scholarship. So you have some divas, right? More than any other sports. (coughs) Having said that, there's more contact in basketball than baseball, so maybe they're not entirely divas. There's divas in all sports, right? Even football. Except I can't imagine a diva in hockey or wrestling or boxing. You just you can't be a diva in those sports, can you? I think you get that knocked out of you. But basketball, with the height thing, allows for someone who's not fully on board. I really believe that. It can be someone who's a little gun-shy. I think NBA even today has some gun-shy to it. I don't think any other pro sports has that. One person's opinion could be off. Um, Best comedies to me are baseball and hockey. Slapshot was amazing. Bull Durham. Ted Lasso doing something for soccer now. Baseball just allows, there's so much downtime in baseball, it allows for more more character development. Friday Night Lights was great. Doesn't really count since it's a story about the entire town. You know, other, other characters. Not just the team. Um, Hoosiers, my favorite sports movie, followed by The Natural. Came out about uh, three or four years apart. Best sports comedy, Bull Durham. Slapshot's great, too, with Paul Newman, which is crazy, because he didn't do a lot of comedies, but that's amazing. But Bull Durham, to me, I mean, best football movie, co- uh, Unnecessary Roughness. Was was that kind of a comedy? Yeah, because it had Sinbad. And then uh, which the Oliver uh, Stone movie wasn't... Um, any Given Sunday was not a comedy. Oliver Stone doesn't really do comedies. Uh, best football comedy, Wildcats with Goldie Hawn and D-Day from uh, from Animal House. Goldie Hawn is the most underrated, beautiful, funny performer ever. Ever, bar none. I mean, there's just no... She never needed her... She was gorgeous. Is and never needed to rely on looks because she was so funny, she could carry a movie. Her looks, her eyeballs, her like... We have a girl I grew up with Andrea, Andrea Emily, who kind of looks like her and, you know, makes faces like her. Not to impersonate, but just because. Anyway, um, Goldie Hawn's amazing. She didn't need the looks. She was beautiful, but she didn't need them. Lucille Ball, Carol, Lucille Ball I think, was a model before she was an actress. Uh, Carol Burnett wasn't quite a model, um, but those are three early era funny women who i think are hilarious and love oh my god we're well over okay um all right that's it guys that's it wildcat's a great movie the sport of kings they did the rap at the end woody harrelson and wesley snipes are in like three movies together that's one of three where they're athletes or something um but uh yeah great movie I'm at the Irvine Improv this week. Chad Daniels, baby. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Can't do a guest list um, since it's going to be packed and they need the revenue. Um, I'll be back there in early December and may be able to do a guest list then. I don't know. It's tough because I'm with two great comics in uh, this week and in December. And a lot of people want to go there nowadays and get to shows because the pandemic, stuff like that. Some LA venues are requiring proof of vaccination. Arizona and Orange County definitely are not that. Come out if you can. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Keen of comedy on all social media platforms. Check me out. Hit me up and tell me I sent you. Thanks, guys.